I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Millennials Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. You're Marcusless this week. We are barren. <laughs> we can't get a horse. We can't level up. There's no Marcus. We're maidenless, tarnished, <laughs> they, everything. They should mod Marcus into the game. And this as, is episode three of Elden Ring Cast <laughs> no, 2022. We other stuff besides Elden Ring. It'll be a big part of the show, I'm sure. Um, cause we're fucking obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Seth, I mean, it's just been pretty much a lot of fucking Elden Ring happening. Yeah, we kind of, we decided that for the two biggest news weeks in possibly the past two years, we would talk about Elden Ring instead. <laughs> Listen, it, the, the new, the world should have not done this, right? Cause Elden Ring was coming out. Russia should have just waited until like a couple yeah. of months. Let, let all those soldiers beat Elden Ring first. Then they can come back and invade, you know? Give us some time. Also, there's that mud. Guys, you could have said there's a lot of fucking problems with the mud if you just waited to play Elden Ring. That's true. Can you imagine me and like, like what if one of the soldiers was just sucked at Elden Ring? So he was trying, he couldn't beat it in time for the invasion to start, so he still didn't get the ending. And there's one soldier who's already run it like five times. He's like, yeah, this is easy. I'm done. Have we not, can we not, can we not get uh, uh, Elden Ring into the hand of Putin? Can we not let him give it a shot? He'd see that it's not worth all this. He wouldn't get it. <laughs> you don't think so? He wouldn't get it. That's, that's probably fair. It's probably fair. Um, we actually probably should talk about what's happening, I guess, with Ukraine and the uh, the Russian invasion of that country. Uh, <clears throat> it's been going on for like, what, three weeks now? Or I think it's just two yeah, weeks, two, actually. Two and a half, something like that. It started right before Elden Ring. last mark all time now, uh, before Elden Ring and after Elden Ring. Yeah, B-E-R. <laughs> It's like how in Star Wars they mark everything uh, uh, before Battle of Yavin and after Battle of Yavin. I don't know why they chose that battle as their fucking date. That wasn't even when they won over the Empire. Yeah. That was when they blew up the first Death Star. I don't get it. So our system is now similar. It's now before Elden Ring and after Elden Ring. Um, so yeah, the, the Russians invaded and it has not gone well for anybody involved how's that um, say both sides no one or and even the out the exterior sides no hasn't really been going for anybody it really has upended the entire world if you get right down to it i mean yeah because because of it we're now we're about paying like a dollar more extra for gas than we were before which is insane yeah uh it's gonna it's, it's it's gonna hit the computer parts industry really hard because Russia and Ukraine together have like ninety percent of control over certain special metals and gases that are needed for the processes to create computer parts. So if both of them fighting a war, they won't be selling them anybody, and that's a fucking problem. 
Yeah, and you thought the graphics card market was bad last year. Oof. Just now, I think Disney Nvidia is finally incorporating some some uh, software on their cards that stops cryptocurrency mining or whatever. Yeah, I just wonder how long it'll be before someone cracks that and that's just back to square root square one. There's somebody that some is either them or or who's the other big company is AMD that makes graphics cards. AMD, or my, yeah. Someone's getting blackmailed. Some like hackers. So we have your secret data, and we're going to release it unless you take off the software that prevents uh, Bitcoin mining. And uh, not sure what happened with that. Release it. Um, I don't care. Yeah. It's so yeah. That's going to be bad uh, for everybody. It has been pretty. It's been interesting because the thing that scares me the most about all this is that um, it sucks that Russia is invading Ukraine. It sucks for the Russians or it sucks for the Ukrainians. It sucks for the Russian soldiers who probably don't want to be there. To be honest. I think most soldiers in any war don't want to be there. Um, Especially since they sent in conscripts this time as well to not fight, but to handle logistics, which is also a sucky job to do. Yeah, it sucks. Um, So that sucks. But it also sucks that our fucking media liberal elite motherfuckers are out here talking about how you need to get involved. We need to go fight Russia and Ukraine. And I'm like, do you not do you not understand what that means? If we start shooting at Russians, do you not know what happens next? They don't get it, Seth. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be pandemonium to say the least. Because that's, that's what happened today is that the um, was it Britain or whatever is like, yeah, if you guys if you even like touch our soil, then you're gonna you're going to war with NATO. And I'm like, oh, well, that's uh, a pretty big threat. Yeah, I mean, if to you be fair, Russia would never do that because they don't want to fight NATO. I'm not so sure that they, we don't want to fight them, though. <laughs> That's the scary part to me. Yeah. Um, Biden, at least, has made it clear that we will not be intervening in, in Ukraine, except for sending them, you know, money and, and guns and shit, which we should yeah. do that anyways. Other than that, no interference. Yeah, um, which is good. Thankfully, we don't have a goddamn crazy person in charge who, who could, you know, fucking fight Russia. But there's like, we should do a no-fly zone. We should do a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And I said... Or I, th- I think to myself, do you not know what a no-fly zone entails? It's not just saying, no, you can't fly planes, and they'll just stop, because we said so. You just shoot them down. It reminds me of that scene in The Office where Michael Scott says, I declare bankruptcy! bankruptcy! Yeah. And he thinks this is how it works? It doesn't. That's not what it says. It's not like Russia says, oh, damn, they said no-fly zone, we can't <laughs> stop bombing. It's not like no. a no-fly zone is a, a barrier from like a video game <laughs> that you just can't you just can't run into. They're talking about fucking finding ways to like use EMPs to bring down Russian planes. And I'm like, non kinetically is what they said. A non kinetic solution. And I'm like, this is a fucking Ocean's Eleven. There's no machine that makes a fucking <laughs> EMP, you idiot. You get it one way and it's setting off a goddamn nuke. It's like, people are so fucking stupid, man. I'm like, do y'all, like, do y'all want to end the world just for fun? Like, I don't understand what's, your, what's going on here. Like, what's your death drive, man? Yeah, that's the thing is for me is looking on at all this. I'm like, I don't understand what we get out of this, and what 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 incentive is there to let this continue? I mean, here's the thing: they thought, oh, we got to protect Ukrainian democracy. We have to go in and protect Ukraine's, you know, government and their democracy. I'm like, they had a coup in 2014. We supported that replaced their democratically elected government with a new one. Uh, which is not the old government. So I don't know what democracy we're trying to protect here. That's I'm not interested in that. I'm not fighting a war to end the world for Ukraine, you know? Okay, and so I hear a lot of stuff about this guy, but I honestly am completely ignorant. Is it true that 
you president of Ukraine, you should be a stand-up comedian. A stand-up comedian, yes. Like he was, he was in that version of SNL, basically. And he's their president. Yep. Mm-hmm. So one day, Schmidt Davidson could be president of the United <laughs> States of America. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, apparently he's like the least hated person they could find, essentially. And he his party exists just to give him his run uh, uh, in the presidency a thing. I won't, I won't uh, watch one sp- find the least hated person in Ukraine and just it just happens to be some comedian on SNL. I've, I watched his skit 300 but with Jews and that was a really weird uh, uh, skit. I mean he's Jewish so he's allowed to do it I guess. Yeah. Um, but the weird part is how many how many neo-nazis there are in Ukraine because I'm not sure if the Ukrainians are aware of this but the Nazis did not like Slavs. Um, and killed them in great numbers. Uh, so I don't really understand their eagerness to uh, ascribe to that political uh, uh, leaning. Um, but yeah, there's the Azov Battalion and several other smaller uh, groups of white supremacists in, in Ukraine that are fighting the Russians. And liberals in America are cheering them on, saying it doesn't matter if they're Nazis. They're killing Russians, so it's okay. Of course. It's happening way over there. Uh, who, who cares, you know? <laughs> Like, it's only 600 people, and yet we keep seeing pictures of Ukrainian soldiers with, like, the Black Sun logo, or, like, the light, the fucking SS lightning bolts. If it's just that few people, how do they keep getting pictures of them, you know? Well, yeah, what, what we weird. should do, though, is whenever we get those pictures from the media, we should just put ads on them. It should just be, like, <laughs> Clorox and Ziploc. Yeah. Why don't we have our ads on our soldiers like fucking NASCAR drivers yet? I mean, yes, but I guess... That's like the one bridge they're not willing to cross just yet for capitalism. They're just like maybe we maybe we give them camouflage instead. One day our soldiers will all look like Mister Incredible from uh um uh fuck Seth come on mm-hmm. uh you piece of shit you know what I'm talking about don't you Mystery Men Mystery there Men. you like go Mister Greg Kinnear's character yeah um that'll be our our soldiers um. I should say, this is not me trying to own Ukraine over having neo-Nazis because uh, Russia has plenty of them. So does and America. America has plenty of them. Yeah. Not, not a thing. Just saying, we probably shouldn't cheer them on no matter what side they're on. We probably should not be a, a cool with these guys being around, you know? Yeah. Just because something bad is happening to a neo-Nazi doesn't mean that we have to support them. Right. And I've just seen so many crazy takes about like how we need to like punish Russia. We need to, and I'm like, most people in Russia probably don't want to be having this war either. You yeah. know? A- evidenced by the many protests they have all the time. And people who are getting arrested for literally doing nothing. I've seen people talking about like about like um, how this kind of reminds them. It does me too. Of 2001 to three and on in America when we went fucking insane uh, over uh, 9-11. And I'm just worried that that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing here. We're going to build Russia and Putin up into this giant threat, and then somebody will do something stupid. Next thing you know, there's nukes are in the air. I've seen folks saying, "Hey, I bet you Russia's nukes don't even work. I bet they didn't spend money on them." And I'm like, "That's like charging a man with a, with a gun, saying I bet it's not loaded." Yeah, you go up to Russia's nukes, you peel off a, a label, and it says Acme under it, and you're like, "Well, yeah. I knew it." <laughs> I just hate this mentality, though, because yeah. sure, the guy, the guy, the guy's gun might not be loaded, but the most likely thing is you get shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, going to put a gravestone up that says stupidest person to ever live. <laughs> stupidest person died stupidly. 
God. This is, it's just a scary thought that some folks might rationalize themselves and do something like that, saying, oh, they probably didn't maintain a nuclear arsenal. It's probably all a big bluff. Yeah. You better fucking hope it is, buddy. And the person who say this is definitely an expert on our nuclear arsenal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm sure ours is great. Yeah. We're doing, I, we're I, cleaning I, those things up once a week. I would not bet either, any country in the world that has nukes is letting those things slide because... It's just, it's, it's, I'm just a smart man. I, I'm not a smart man. I'm a dumb man. However, yeah. I'm not a betting man, so I yeah. will not take that bet. I'm a dumb man, but I'm a cautious man. Exactly. I'm very dumb, but I don't play around things that could fucking kill me and billions of other people. I'm good. Let's not fuck around here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I. I it's just. It's just a big fucked up situation uh, for everybody involved. And I, uh, it just sucks to keep seeing it happen, you know, that these that people were just dying for no reason. Yeah, it's, it absolutely sucks. And, um, yeah, the ripple effects are pretty evident even here. Like you mentioned the fuel prices. I'm honestly, I'm wondering, like, is fuel going to get to a cost where people can't afford it and can't go to work anymore? Um... Because it is actually pretty crazy how, how much how much just that and I'm saying just one dollar but a one dollar increase overnight is absolutely insane um, and yeah so and I see people at the pumps all the time like the past I've gotten gas twice since the prices went up people are just everyone's just saying what the fuck so I'm just I'm just wondering how that's gonna play out within the next month or so well America is built on cheap gas. It's built yeah. on cheap gas because you can't get around anywhere else. Your stuff is not anywhere near one another, you know? Unless you're in a major city, and pretty much only an East Coast city like New York, things are not walking distance from where you live. They just aren't. Yeah, and if you use public transport, that's still affected by gas prices in a lot of places. So uh, yeah. transport can get more expensive anyway. So it's just like, we're not made for this. We can't sustain high gas. And not even the gasoline prices. The diesel price is what I'm really worried about because everything that. moves on trucks. If yeah. trucks can't fuel up, this country will fucking burn. Yeah. Just no way. Like, people don't understand how much freight is moved from, from the, the depot to the fucking store on a goddamn truck. And if they can't drive those things, what the fuck? You, you won't get food, right? Yeah. I mean, just go out onto the road any time of day and count the amount of trucks you see, and that'll let you know. And that's just in your area of wherever you live. Like, I mean, it's a lot. Go to the grocery store and just imagine to yourself: all this shit came here on a truck. Yeah. It didn't teleport into the back. They didn't airdrop it from the fucking sky. A truck brought it here. And if those trucks don't run, you don't eat. And that's a scary fucking thought people haven't considered. I think. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is a problem, and it's even made Germany uh, somewhat reconsider their decision to shutter their nuclear power plants, and they're considering reversing course on that, which is a good fucking decision to make. Yeah. Because right now they depend on Russian natural gas to heat a lot of their homes in the wintertime, uh, and if they don't have that, they, people will, will freeze to death. So they're trying to look at other things, and nuclear, is there, they have them, they got the plants are there, just fuel them back up, you know? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of scary thoughts. Oh, we should bring up a friend of the show, Elon Musk, who's having a very normal one. Yeah, what's going on with uh, our best friend? He challenged Putin to a fist fight. Yeah, he said one v one me, bro. He also said that 
Netflix is waiting for the war to end so they can make a movie about a, a black Ukrainian soldier that falls in love with a transgender Russian soldier. He said that? Yeah. What a fucking idiot. And put like a picture of the Ukrainian flag saying like, I am also part of popular thing right now. And I'm like, what the, you're the richest man in the goddamn world. What are you doing? Yeah, what? How much you go take care of your other secret child that you have that's just <laughs> popping up out of nowhere? Whose name is also Zeta Epsilon Virgin Master Musk. Like, what the hell? When did when did when like, when did you last see Jeff Bezos say a fucking word? I've only heard Jeff Bezos's voice one time in passing. Mm-hmm. The other day, I I've only ever heard Elon Musk's voice twice, and every time I hear it, I forget that he. No offense, sounds kind of ridiculous to me. Like he just sounds yeah. like very very. I don't know. Like he's very full of himself, and it Born comes and through. Weird, yeah. Yes, very comes through in his uh, weird uh, way he speaks. I only um, know two South Africans, and he's my least favorite one. Who's the other? Charlotte Copley. Oh, okay. And he's good. Yeah, he's good. I assume. I mean, yeah, I don't know him in person, but I mean, District Nine is yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Remember they the remade the A Team? Yeah. Yeah. He was there. He was in uh, Elysium. Elysium. Right? Yeah, movie sucks, but you know, hey. Good message, at least. Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Kind of a terrible filmmaker. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I think he's had some, some good ones. Name one movie beside District 9. I like those Halo short films he made. Those were fucking awesome. Oh, okay. The Halo short films. So we're going we're gonna to dig that deep into a feature filmmaker's career. There was a like, time. Remember when he made that short film based on a video game? That was pretty good. There was a time when those were really good. So, yeah, I'll stick by yeah. that. But other okay, other than District Nine and the IP franchised fucking short films he made, he's made a bunch of stinking shitters. I also don't have a problem with Elysium. It's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. Okay. Okay. It, unfortunately, this is actually worse in my opinion because it just kind of is. You know, it just kind of exists. It's I, like I, Bright, unfortunately, and that it just is a movie. I guess that is probably the nicest thing you can say about that movie. But have you seen Chappie? I've not seen Chappie, actually. Okay. And I, I haven't heard. seen it yet, so I can't actually pass any judgment, but I heard the movie that he made last year, Demonic. I've heard that it is offensively bad. Wow. So I, I'll probably check that one out to just see how true that claim is. But back but to yeah. the point, Seth. Does, does Jeff Bezos have a Twitter? I don't think he does. If he does, it's probably just completely PR scraped sh- schlock. Right, like a Bill Gates type, where it's just like some yeah. publicist handles it, you know? Elon Musk is not ha- does not have a publicist. He is just tweeting random shit about this event for some reason. Yeah, I, and hit the thing about, what is this weird dig on Netflix making movies about trans and Ukrainian people? What? What is this? It makes no sense. That ha- That's way too high level for a Netflix movie. They could mm-hmm. never. That's too many concepts all in once. It's just in that it one is. sentence. Right. Their concepts have to be like, man does blank. That's <laughs> a movie. Right. Like, I don't even know. Like, does Netflix make exploitative movies about recent events? I mean, kind of like documentaries, maybe like the Tiger King thing, kind of. But that's sometimes not even they'll recent. turn like a docu series out pretty quickly for something. Like, they did something like they did something about the pandemic, like two months into the pandemic but yeah, they don't do anything like i don't know anything like, i don't know I, it's just weird i don't think the guy really knows what he's talking about clearly no, he's he's not very smart dig. 
Yeah. It's a weird, weird thing to talk about. I don't really, but again, who knows what Richie will talk about and think, you know? Yeah, honestly. Also, I saw in passing somewhere that Grimes is now dating Chelsea Manning, which is a why strange. Not? I mean, yeah, why not? It's 2022. Who gives a no, fuck? Don't surprise me at all. <laughs> I believe anything at this point, you know? Really? Honestly. <laughs> I Speaking of that, I made a joke about how Schmidt Davidson will be the president one day. Mm. He's actually going to go to space. Oh, he's going to be on the passengers on one of the next Amazon flights to space. Oh, God. Fucking blue version That's, or whatever the fuck it's called. Exactly. Like, what the hell? What world are we living in? How is he that wealthy? I don't understand. I think this like, is more of a like an invite kind of a thing. I don't know oh. if he's paid for this. But I, I guess he could have, maybe. I'm not a Pete Davidson hater. I don't I don't I don't hate the guy. I think he's actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think he's a funny guy. I don't think he's a leading man type for a movie, but he's 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 a pretty funny guy. But I just don't I don't I don't understand this level of success. Yeah. Everything is just com- absolutely outrageously successful for this man. So whatever. He's like yeah. he's like Andy Sandberg at the height of his of his popularity, but also he's fucking constantly. Exactly. So like he's like, av- he's banging up and down the strip somehow. <laughs> is he dating Kanye's ex wife now? Yes, he is. And didn't Kanye make a pinata head of him to like step on or some shit? Yeah, we don't have enough time in the week to talk about that <laughs> happening. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, and that's why I keep calling him Schmidt Davidson because it's very funny to call him. Is it? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Basically, he got cyber bullied. People called him Schmidt Davidson, and he got it was pretty funny. <laughs> but why are they calling him Schmidt Davidson? Because you can. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. You can call him whatever you want. I heard he had a dick like that fucking Astolfo cosplayer. So I don't know. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I want some. Ridiculous. I want some confirmation. He should be in Jane Campion's next movie, and she should just show his full <laughs> penis. How, okay, here's a question for you. Yeah. I have been, I have been scarred and hurt by the fact that I am finding out now that a lot of penises that I've seen on television are prosthetics. Yeah, and I, I want to know who who allowed this? Who allowed this to happen? Where did where did we? Why did we start allowing this to happen in, in the real world? That's that's dumb. Yeah, I know. It's the one of this. It's just another one of those things. It's just kind of like a double standard in Hollywood, um, where if you if a, if a woman does like a full frontal scene or something, it's pretty expe- it's expected that that's going to be her body. May, might wear like a merkin or something to not show their their vaginal parts, but the rest of it is. But then a guy can be like, ah, I'm gonna be naked, but uh, can I use like a fake dick? Maybe add an inch or two, pump it up a little bit. <laughs> Like Kevin Bacon in uh, in Hollow Man. In Hollow Man, yes. I didn't Lena Headey. Didn't they use like CGI her head on an actress's body or whatever for that scene in Game? I of believe Thrones? they did. Yes. Um, I think she had done other scenes in, earlier in the show that were you know real, and then after that she was like, "I'm good." Yeah, which I guess is understandable. But it is weird that we're just like, "Hey guys, you can just use a fake dick. Why not?" It's not the real thing. It's not the re- it's not the real McCoy. Real. You know exactly. You're not making, making a fake vagina anywhere. You don't see that happening. Well, I mean, they make pocket pussies, but not they're not really presentational, I guess. Yeah, I'm saying they're not like attached to the actor or whatever, and you've you've pretended this is their real vagina. Except for James Woods in that one in the video drone. That was a pretty fucking great uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're fake, right. Fake, fake vagina. <laughs> um guy was in Hercules. You know what? He was fucking he was Hades in Hercules. Yeah. Was that movie, by the way? You're a Hercules. Anytime. You ever think about it at times? The animated movie? 
Yes. Less than I think about the live action TV series, but still, yes. It just takes a huge shit on Greek mythology entirely. Oh, it's yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, it's the perfect example of Americanizing some foreign culture shit, you know? How weird is it that the guy from the Hercules show became a weird, like, Christian kind of alt-right guy? Yeah, I heard he had, like, a stroke and it changed his whole goddamn personality or some shit. Kevin Sorbo? Also, did you know that Sam Raimi has a writer credit on every episode of Xena Warrior Princess? Because he created the show. His brother's in a lot of it. Yeah, his brother's in it. And yeah, I was was very surprised by that. Um, I mean, hell, James Woods is now a crazy right-winger, too. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure he always was one. He was just quiet about it. Yeah, I there guess. just wasn't. It, well, there wasn't a word for it yet. There wasn't like alt right <laughs> or anything. He was just him. Yeah, this is weird, man. These actors take strange turns in their lives, you know. Yeah, same thing with Scientology. It's like, how did that shit happen to the to some of the most famous people who have enough resources to learn why they are wrong <laughs> about everything, but yeah. well, they choose not to. Um, I don't know, man. We see that one lady, the lady who's in the 90210 remake, who wrote that poem to President Putin. No, I have not she's heard like, of this. She was like, if, if I was your mother, I would have taken care of you. I would have made your life full of light and happiness and love. And I'm like, dog, why are you blaming his mom for this? Yeah. I don't understand why you're saying that Putin's mother is why he's the, is the way he is. I'm pretty sure it was his environment, the surroundings of post-collapse, you know, Soviet uh, Union that turned him into the fucking man that he is now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? She got pretty thoroughly blasted yeah. for it. it Anna Lynn McCord. I've never even heard of this lady. Yeah. Um, it was a very embarrassing thing to have made. But yeah, that is very funny and very cringy. <laughs> but a lot of cringe coming out because of the war. The cringe, the, the war makes cringest of us all. Yeah. Nope. You'd think that we could suppress our cringe during times like this. Mm-mm. But no. no. A lot of cringe. A lot of folks that... A lot of folks that have no skin in the game pretending that they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, That's a good way to put it. Just acting like... Uh, all these people who are going to go fight for Ukraine posting on, like, Reddit and saying just wild shit about, like, they wanted three years of my service or whatever and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like... If I was in U- if I was Ukrainian military whatever commander, and like fat stupid Americans are showing up to serve for for Ukraine, their asses are going straight to the front lines to fucking lay mines and shit. <laughs> Fuck you, you dumb motherfucker. Not wasting Ukrainian lives on this. Yeah, I'll send this redditor out there to fucking look for the goddamn mines. Yeah, I mean, hey, redditors, they do love gold. <laughs> Oh, man. I've been using Reddit for well over 10 years, and I have no idea what Reddit gold is still. No clue. No idea. All those awards that I see on post, I have no idea what they are. I mean, I understand that they're just, like, kind of fake little, like, brownie points, but I have no idea when you give them, how you get them, anything. What do they do? Are they fungible? They're probably pretty fucking fungible. Somebody posted that fucking scene from the succession where Holly Hunter is like, I am You're not fucking fungible. fungible. <laughs> I'm going to start posting that to fucking NFT bullshit. I said, why don't we start our own thing called VFTs, which are very fungible tokens? Mm. 
more fungible than any of the other tokens you can find on the internet. There actually is already EFT extremely fungible tokens, which are something the artists are using to, to like push back on their art being stolen. That's amazing. I'm behind it. By the way, can I just say real quick, thank you, President Putin. Thank you for knocking uh, NFTs and cryptocurrency out of the fucking the, the blogosphere. The Twitter zeitgeist. Burst. I haven't thought about him in weeks. It's been great. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, we, we could talk about crypto. All I want to say is I'm really tired of celebrities who are getting paid in fiat currency telling me to buy crypto. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm including my very favorite celebrity, LeBron James, when I say that. That commercial yeah. is incredibly cringy, and I am feel very bad that you did that. It's it's what, so what, stupid. What commercial is this? It's a, It was a Super Bowl commercial. They do this. They did basically did a deep fake where it's like, him talking to his younger self about the future, and obviously that means that the future is about cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh wait, I've seen this. Yeah, fuck. That's yeah, dumb. so stupid. I'm like, why are why are all you like why are we taking this advice from these people who've already made so much real money? <laughs> I've already seen Gemini Man. All right, I don't need it again. We'll exactly. Look at the currency now. You know? And this one wasn't even directed by Ang Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that just sucks. I did see that Biden has signed a, are going to sign a bill now that's going to regulate cryptocurrency. They're going to actually crack down on this shit finally. So, so theoretically, if these people aren't bullshitting, that should be the end of cryptocurrency because the whole point it is be. that it's not regulated. Mm-hmm. So if I see a single trade after that law goes through, I'm going to go out on a limb and call them all hypocrites. Mm. Well, I did say they're, they're they're trying to they're trying to blacklist Russia from cryptocurrency exchanges, and I'm like, I'm like but I thought the whole point was that compromises the neutrality, huh? Doesn't it? Right. What's going on here? I Isn't the whole reason they invented cryptocurrency so they could buy child porn online? <laughs> oh, but when it's Russia, oh, then it's a problem. Then we got to stop them. Right. So weird, man. Very, very much hypocrites. Yes, very much hypocrites on this. Yeah. Either it's free and unregulated or it's fucking not. Pick one, you know? You can't fucking have it both ways. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's been our talk about uh, about cryptocurrency and politics, I think, for a little bit. Yeah. Seth, I want to talk to you about something else real quick. Hell yeah. I want to talk to you about Big Trouble in Little China, one of the yes. best movies ever made. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said this. Ah, we watched it about what two days, two, like day before yesterday, I believe. Yeah, we were in we were oh. in person. And we watched one of maybe John Carpenter's best movies. Mm. I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about his career. I mean, the thing is really far up there. Obviously, I love In the Mouth of Madness, the ha- original Halloween. I mean, the guy mm. has they live. I mean, the guy yeah. has an incredible career of just Escape from New York. I saw all precinct 13. I mean, I can go on. The guy has an incredible career. But Big Trouble in Little China is def- definitely the one that I'm the most fond of. I'd say mm-hmm. it's the one I could probably watch any day of the week if I had to. That's like you can throw it on anytime. Anybody can watch it. It's not like a horror movie or it's, it's just a fucking a comedy action film, kind of. That moves and does not stop. <laughs> the, as soon as the um, exciting incident happens, the movie just goes. Yep. It's a hilarious hour and movie. Thirty-five minutes. It's yeah. amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, just a funny fucking movie where Kurt Russell gets to just be fucking great. 
in every yeah. scene. He gets to be pretty much the opposite of what we currently call a leading man in Hollywood, which is a guy who isn't even part of the movie, really. The movie could have completely happened without him. He yep. stumbles onto the plot. He is an idiot. He is not good at what he does. He is barely passable as the like the the bait in any scenario. <laughs> in the final fight of the movie, he just gets knocked out <laughs> for yep. like the first five minutes. He struggles to kill one guy and then almost dies with him sitting on top of him. Yes. And it's amazing. I love yeah. uh, Kurt. That's one of my favorite Kurt Russell performances, who also has an incredible career through John Carpenter. If you just, just look yeah. at his movies he did with Carpenter are absolutely hilarious. And, and it's so it, like I said, it's a movie that the main character is not even actually part of the movie. Mm. He just falls into all this action and he just has to run with it. And it's and Kurt Russell plays it so well. So does everyone else, we should say. Like James Hong is amazing as always. The guy yeah. is just such a professional. I think he's been in movies for like what was his first credit was in like nineteen forty something? Nineteen forty three, I believe. Yeah. And he's still in movies. He's like ninety years old. He's still in movies now. Yeah. Um and yeah, Kim Cattrall is even good in it. It's it's a very, very, very good cast. And just a hilarious fucking movie. I, I love it. I was going to say one thing we, we noticed, and I, I've thought about it for a while, is that John Carpenter is great because his movies focus on working class people. Yes. Um, the thing, those people, those are working class people in Antarctica, right? Yeah. They're people who, like, the one, one thing you have to realize when you watch a thing is that these are guys who sat and realized that probably the best option for their life is to go to the middle of fucking Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Because that was probably better than what was going on to them in the States. Right. And, I mean, They Live, obviously, is about, you know, I mean, they live class is, people. Is probably his most direct um, takedown of, like, capitalism. Halloween is uh, just a regular working class, middle middle class family yeah. in America doing stuff. Halloween is scary because yeah. Halloween is like, what if all this bad stuff that they say happened, that they told you only happens in the inner city and all this, what if it happened in the suburbs? Mm-hmm. And it just, and it, ha- and it handles that socioeconomic imbalance really, really well. Yeah. But yeah, Ghost of Mars, which I In have Ghost not seen. Mars, those people who go there are working class people. They're not some highly elite team of, you know, well-trained scientists and operatives. They're just regular ass fuckers walking around on Mars doing shit. You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting way of looking at things. Um, and I appreciate the fact that he, he focuses on people that are in very common situations, you know, regular people. Have you ever seen Dark Star? I have, yes, a long time ago. That movie is amazing because, mm. one, it was his student film. They just got turned into a feature because, you know, he was just good at what he did. But that movie is literally, it's so funny because it's a bunch of, like, working class, like, kind of, like undereducated guys who are always really angry all the time but they live on a ship that just destroys planets like they just walk right. up and they're like, oh i gotta destroy venus real quick they press a button and it's like but then but most of the movie is just them kind of talking about their problems right <laughs> yeah. meanwhile they can just destroy anything they want <laughs> wasn't dark star pre-star wars i believe like so. one year but let wasn't me it 76 let me not talk out of turn here um yeah, I do believe it was. it was 1974. Wow. Okay. So yeah, 
So that's it's, interesting. It's pretty ahead of his time in that way. Um, yeah, I agree. But I yeah, think I th- hilarious movie. I think Carpenter's does not get enough credit for the th- just for being a fucking incredible director. You know, yeah. And he has the problem that there that a lot of directors do is that their movies became so much bigger once. I mean, after critical reception, like so mm-hmm. many of his movies were panned. I mean. I did not know until a few months ago that the thing was like considered one of the worst movies of that year when it came out. And I'm like, I watch it now. And I'm like, the thing is one of the only movies I watch that I can unabashedly give like five stars and say, this is like a perfect movie. It's one of the absolute best. What were they thinking? I don't understand. You know? Yeah. And Big Trouble in Little China. And Big Trouble in Little China was one of his worst received movies ever when it opened. And I'm just like, I get get that. Sure, I can see that if you were a snob or whatever, don't like, you know, fun. I get that. <laughs> yeah. But just, it, the thing is such a fucking just tight, yeah. well-made horror flick. These days I, I consider it. it, I call it one of the like undeniable movies. I have no yeah. idea what, what the argument was back then for why it was bad. Absolutely oh. insane. But yeah, Big Trouble, Little China. Yeah, he focuses on work because like, the main character is a truck driver and the people he's working with are... Either like restaurant owners and like lawyers, but not like the big, you know, big suit briefcase lawyers, like regular activist lawyer, activist lawyers, you know, journalists, um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and it's cool. And it just goes to some crazy places. And I really love it. It's it's just it's just a joyous movie. It just it's just having fun, doing whatever it wants. Fucking badass synth soundtrack. Some really cool special effects for the time, and just just has fun being silly. Don't give a fuck, you know. It's not trying to be a serious movie, which is which is nice, you know. I miss that. Which we should talk about ourselves. We talked about today earlier a little bit. This this disturbing trend we're seeing now with trying to make small indie movies. Remember this? Yes. So, um, essentially, I think that this is a lady who is a producer of It Follows. Yeah, uh, saying that she's working on two movies right now that cost around two million dollars, which, if you're not familiar with Hollywood these days, that is a micro, micro, micro budget. That is incredibly small. Um, and she says that they constantly have issues where actors are dropping out because they're getting deals either with Marvel, Netflix, or some other develop like some like FX, you know, other television development studios, and even so much as you know wanting to keep an actor, but them like pushing it out all this time and then just dropping out anyway and but but there's the studios are like oh but you got to hire a list like oscar winners oscar nominees to be in these movies and they're like well this is impossible and it sucks because um yeah you should like first of all movies shouldn't have to rely on all these constraints to be made and also it would be nice if the big companies that can make movies whenever they want and people will watch them no matter what would maybe defer to the smaller movies that might need to be made at a certain time to get everyone together. But obviously that's not how it works. Who the fuck on a $2 million movie are you getting A-list actors on that? You know, this is a passion yeah. project for them. I mean, yeah, normally, normally that means that a person is just going to work underpaid because they want to be because they, they are hoping to get like an Oscar or some kind of, you know, awards reception from a movie. They, you're not going to get any actual A-lister and still be able to pay everyone else for two million dollars. What did Chef cost to make? I wonder. 
I mean, considering it was like a it, that was a passion project from a lot of from from him, uh, John Favreau. John Favreau, yeah. Um, a movie where but he didn't was, it have Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, a movie where he was his ex-wife is Sofia Vergara, and the girl he um, sleeps with before leaving her to start a food truck is Scarlett Johansson. Um, the All budget right, was eleven million dollars. Fuck. And that's mostly just two guys on a food truck. God damn, dude. And it says right here that this lady was asked, they were wait, waiting eight months or nine months for, a, for this guy to film a Netflix series. And he dropped out of the movie saying they're, he's, he's been contracted to do 12 shows for Fox. Insane. What 12 shows? He must be, he must have been indoctrinated to one of those like, NCIS or FBI universes where you have to be on 10 shows all at once. Well, I wonder if it's something, it's something like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy or the Game of Thrones guys getting put onto a fucking Star Wars movie and never gets made. You know, it's like yeah. we pay you and then you don't ever do anything, you know? Which sounds sweet. Yeah. We'll turn it down, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, and you said something that you saw a, 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 a thing about people who, about film professors, right? Yeah, so it was pretty, it was honestly very grim. It's one of the many reasons I try not to use Twitter anymore. But basically, there was a film professor who was just like, hey, I'm, I'm a professor of film and TV studies um, at whatever university. And I've noticed that like none of the students in my class watch movies anymore. They kind of just, they don't, they'll ever talk about watching anything new. And they mostly just watch, a lot of times they just watch series like Friends in the Office over and over. Um, which is fine for me if you're any person in the world, but if you're trying to become a filmmaker, you might want to broaden your horizons a bit. And then that was depressing enough and it had a bunch of retweets, but then a bunch of the replies were from other film and TV professors who said that most of the students in their classes are not interested in anything outside of the MCU and rewatching The Office. And I am just shuddering at the thought of a new generation of filmmakers Who's only like the only film language they understand is the cinematic universe. That's just that's depressing to think about. Yeah, because once again, I'm not a snob who is like, well, you have to like Ingmar Bergman movies, and you to be a real filmmaker, you have to watch every Ingmar Bergman movie and try as best you can to emulate him. Um, no, I do think you need to watch Ingmar Bergman. I think you need to watch a bunch of classic films. That was another another thing is like, oh, they said that even the kids who watch a lot of movies in their in their classes don't watch anything made before the 21st century. And I'm like, you're you're at a huge disadvantage because yeah. I, I promise you every good filmmaker of the 21st century was watching movies from well before that. Right. Like, I mean, just even this is not even a highbrow choice, but watch fucking Jaws to understand the first blockbuster yeah. and how to build drama and tension, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. This is not related to that tweet change. Just things I've noticed. So many people these days think that like Steven Spielberg is some kind of corny filmmaker. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I understand his movies are big, but the man is a goddamn filmmaker through and through. He made he right. his he invented the blockbuster for a reason. And there are so few blockbusters that come out these days that have an ounce of the I don't know emotional resonance that like something like ET has. Right. Like, yeah. Like Spielberg just invented all the shit that people like these days, and they want to go and call him corny. It makes no sense to me. How is he? Like, how is he corny? What, what Saving Private Ryan was corny or some shit? What the fuck's exactly. wrong with you? 
Amistad. You're going to say that was corny, buddy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to defend the honor. I don't care, really. I think he's a great filmmaker, but I don't care about him so much as a person. Uh, but fuck yeah. you. Like, he's fucking Steven goddamn Spielberg. Like, he made some yeah. of the best movies ever. Exactly. Jurassic fucking Park, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. If you're going to... Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base, but I think if you're gonna do something creative, I you're gonna you're gonna trust yourself. And the audience is gonna trust you a lot more if you've done your research, right? Because there are like I, I don't think there are any filmmakers out there who will tell you that they only watch one type of movie and they became a great filmmaker. Oh I yeah, that I mean, well, this is a problem that I I was talking about as well. Is uh, I read an interview with uh, Hayao Miyazaki, who made some of the greatest anime movies of all time. You know, like yeah. Spirited Away, Nausicaa, uh, Princess Mononoke, like all kinds of stuff. He was fucking incredible. Spirited Away is another undeniable movie, in my opinion. Can't be fucking de- denied. Yeah, uh, he said that he's worried about the latest generation of anime makers because it seems like from when he's when he's talked to other creators and he's listened to their their interviews, all the things they reference. They, they were inspired by is just anime. And he said that, you know, it's, he, he's like, you can't just, you know, interact with this one medium to understand art. You're not going to get, all you'll get then is derivative works of that, of that. He's like, you need to watch live action movies or you need to like read books and poetry and fucking appreciate art and shit. Otherwise you won't have the well-rounded nature you need to create good art or just have life experiences that aren't watching, you know, anime. I feel like the same problem is happening with MCU kids. They're going to come in and try to make movies and TV shows that are just derivative of that one specific thing, you know? Yep. Although sadly with the state of, movies these days they might become incredibly successful filmmakers and we'll have egg <sighs> on our face because everything is the cinematic universe and shit sucks and most movies are bad just because things are popular though doesn't mean they have artistic merit oh yeah you know? that's true there's plenty of things that are big and popular which i mean i hate to shit on things but they just aren't they the transformer made a goddamn billion fucking dollars or whatever they're not good movies really <laughs> they're just bad sort of and I never I mean, said they become good filmmakers. I said they become popular filmmakers. Right, exactly. But people people equate that. People say, oh, box office equates to quality. I knew a guy who literally believed that. That What was he said? He, oh, he said, said that, that Mad, Mad Max, Max Fury, Fury Road, Road wasn't good. Right, because it didn't, didn't make a certain amount of money at the box office. The fuck is wrong? This is, the, this is the brainworms people get, though. You know? It's insane. That, that eyeballs and money equals quality. Not true. Yeah, not at all. Like how many folks? Do you, how much money do you think Stalker made? And it's an incredibly oh. good movie, you know. Yeah. Or any Ingmar Bergman film. I don't even know if they had box offices back then. <laughs> I don't know if they had theaters back then. They had um, theaters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had to have had theaters. You like, couldn't watch a movie at all. <laughs> like, like Tartakovsky is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Like, he's he's fucking amazing. Every all all the greats from the past reference him as being an incredible influence. He didn't make a billion dollars though. Yeah, no, it doesn't one, have to. <clears throat> no offense to these two individuals, but no one is gonna be like, you know, who's the two greatest directors ever? Anthony and Joe Russo. That's <laughs> just not gonna happen. I'm sorry, they may have made the most popular movies of all time, but they're not great directors. <laughs> Those two guys come in, they make a fucking workman-like movie. They come in, they do their goddamn jobs. They're not in cr- creative geniuses, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and the no thing is, Cohen brothers. Profit is the enemy of good art, in my opinion, because yep. 
These movies are focus grouped, they're tested, they make decisions based on the widest, broadest base of appeal possible, and that's going to kill artistic genius. Because good art, in my opinion, is not made for everybody. It's made for that person, really, the one person who made it, and whoever else likes it, you know? And if they, they, if they can connect, that's great. If they can't, that doesn't make it worse. It just means yeah. that they did something, you know? I say it so often that I prefer a swing and a miss to someone who didn't swing at all. Yes. I, I really, really like that. There's so many movies out there that um, have so much artistic value, but I don't, they're like not great movies, but they do. They accomplish a bunch of important things, um, but miss on others. And but that's mm-hmm. better than a completely bland movie like one. Let's make a random name for a movie. The Rise of Skywalker, like some a random idea for a movie um, mm. that is complete piece of shit um, and is not creative in any way. Um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that movie, by the way, because I was going to say, I'm not some, like, auteur guy. I'm not like, oh, Tarantino or whatever is the best, because he's the one guy and he makes the fucking movie. We're we're mentioning directors here. Obviously, movies are made by hundreds of people working on every level. There's a vision, though, that comes through. And I believe you can make good movies by committee, but the committee cannot be every single person that watches a test screening and says, I didn't like this, you know? Yeah. At a certain point, you can't compromise on these kind of certain things. Uh, but Rise of Skywalker is great because that should have been the culmination of the biggest design by committee movie of all time. But it turns out there was no fucking plan. Nobody had any idea what they were doing going in. Yeah, How do you they just mean? changed all their ideas. Anytime they watch another seven-hour takedown of The Last Jedi on YouTube, they were like, okay, well, let's change this, these eight things. And eventually they made a movie, and it was just a hodgepodge of, you know... No decisions being made. People will hate it. They hate this, but I'm going to say it. It's fucking true and it's a fact, and I'm going to stand yes. by it. Yes. Dis- Disney bought Star Wars from George Lucas. You went from having one guy with a vision who, of course, had plenty of help. There were editors, there were producers, there were fucking all kinds of people who were involved in the process that helped make the movies what they were. But there's one fucking guy at the top who had the fucking vision who then, you know, implemented it in his way. And those movies, love them or hate them, doesn't matter. I know everyone most like about the OT, the, P, the PT is more controversial for a lot of people. Love them or hate them, those are more memorable movies than the sequel garbage we got by a True. thousand yards. It's insane. It doesn't matter because a person had a vision, they executed it, and if you like it or not, it doesn't matter, but I bet you you fucking remember, you remember that shit better than you, you remember fucking whatever happened in Rise of Skywalker. I would delete my memory of the sequel trilogy if it meant that George Lucas got to make one more movie. Not even Star Wars. Just if George yeah. Lucas got to make a movie. Anything. I would be so excited. It's too bad that people gave him so much shit and ran him out of the industry basically because I know he's rich and he retired with fucking $4 billion or whatever from Disney. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not he saying he's down on his luck or anything. Right. But I feel like we really lost a lot when he stopped making movies because he was weird and he had a fucking direction to things. Yeah. That a lot of movies that the fucking Russo brothers don't have. The Russo brothers are the pale shadow of the Cohen brothers. Those are some guys with a goddamn vision. Exactly. Those are the auteur style guys. Um, um, that are no more. They are broken up. Sadly, they stopped they being really brothers. Broke up. I, thought, I thought it was just. I thought it was just like for one movie. No, from what I, I mean, they haven't like officially like parted ways. But from what I understand, Joel is the one that's in interested in still making movies and ethan's kind of off the stuff so oh so it's, it's not like a it wasn't a, it wasn't like a, a bad parting it's not like really yeah it's like the same thing that happened with the wachowskis is that which one isn't which one isn't making movies lana or 
or Lily? Lana made resurrections. Okay, so Lily is like they, they didn't like have a fallout. She's just like I don't want to really make movies anymore. Right, right, right. That's right, just right. not my thing. Okay. So. Well, it's better than it being a fucking you know shitty argument that got them. Yeah, especially uh, between siblings. Up. My God. Yeah. So that's nice, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I, I worry about the future of movies. Oh yeah. I think it's yeah. kind of why the foreign market is kicking our ass in some ways. That's the amazing. I talked about this before. But that's what China did. China funded Hollywood for twenty years, figured out how to make their own movies, and then they fucked off and went and made their own movies and don't fund us anymore. And right, uh, pretty pretty amazing grift on their part, actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're just making their own fucking movies now, and they just that their that movie they made last year. I never remember the name of it, but it grossed so much money and was apparently Battle very, very of hard. Lake Qingjiang or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like Qingjing. that. Which is, um, aside from the issue that all four movies have of casting the worst American actors in the world, uh, apparently a pretty good movie. Which feels like revenge, if you ask me, for all the times we've done yeah. it to them. That's um, true. That's true. Or think about, like, Parasite. Parasite won all those awards, yeah. and I've maintained it's a great fucking flick. Yeah. And it, blo- it blows the fucking most things out of the water, you know, that are happening these days in, in, in America and whatnot. Yeah. But I also think that we, like, we're doing a thing where we're... Like we, me and you, we don't watch every Korean movie, right? We watch the ones that are like the prestige movies. I'm sure if we watched mm-hmm. all of them, we'd probably be like, "Well, they have a bunch of shitty movies too," honestly. Right. But I just wonder which country has the least shitty movies. But like, yeah, but, but like, but like, what's our what's the last incredible have to watch American movie? I mean, Mad Max: Fury Road is that all, is that Australian or is that American? Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, yeah, okay, you got me there. Goddamn. <laughs> Yeah, shit, Seth. Come on. Yeah. Be a fucking Fury easy Road's a good a good selection. That's like what seven, eight years ago at this point. Um, oh my god, time flies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's been some like Phantom Thread. I guess it was was really good. Get out. I think it's a good a good one. Ooh, yes. There we go. Get out. Played Runner twenty forty nine. You know, things like that. But. It's just one of those things yeah. where it just feels like a lot of movies are just transient these days. You know, they don't really think about them too much. They're not like what are what are the legends? What are the classics will stick with us forever? You know. Yeah. I, although I I do have a th- I have a theory that a lot of the movies that are going to stick with us aren't the ones that we think about right now. Right. An example of that is John Carpenter when Hardcore his movies Henry. came out. They weren't big. Hardcore Henry. We are going to be vindicated on. <laughs> yeah. Like when when John Carpenter's movies came out, no one they're people like these movies are shit, and then. 15 years later, it's like, oh, no, these are the best. So I, I'm mm-hmm. very curious as to what's, what is that going to be for us? Like, who are we going to realize in 10 years that maybe it's Anthony and Joe Russo. Maybe they're actually incredible filmmakers. No. <laughs> we're well, find maybe, maybe they'll put out something outside of the MCU that is incredible. Oh, or, they have. Or, 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 and apparently they're not very good so far. Like, oh, maybe wow. Maybe Cherry with Tom Holland, which is apparently um, not very good. Oh, yeah. I saw a poster for that. It looked weird. Yeah, they made one other movie kind of recently. They, they produced your favorite movie, um, Extraction. Oh God! Uh-oh. Extraction was not bad. Uh, it wasn't as good as Ray Hot that would be. Was it, it was as good right. as Mad Max Fury Road? No, God, no. What are about? <laughs> not even close. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I mean, the last movie I really watched that was a recent movie that, like, I could not look away from the screen was Minari. I think Minari. Really bucket, Minari. Sorry, Minari. Really, just whoa, God damn, I'm in it. You know. Yeah, and that's a slow, you know, com- contemplative, you know, fucking yeah. drama, and it's still a foreign language movie. Um, is it really? I thought it was. In, I thought it was in English. It's in English, but there's still there's a lot of foreign language in it. Is what I'm saying. It's that's like, true. It's, and it's not 
it's more it's an american tale kind of from a more foreign mm. perspective which is what makes it so good i wonder who made it i wonder if it was an american movie or was it a, a korean production um and the guy who made it his name is um lee isaac chung it's probably um, an american produced picture i believe i'm not sure if, if i had it to was guess american vamp for me we'll see because you'll watch a lot of these foreign films and they'll have like 25 per companies before that gave like a like five dollars a piece you that know? is true well, it was distributed by a24 which is american mm-hmm. but the production company was plan b which is also american so yeah it's an american okay. production because i watched um, titan that movie had like 17 fucking companies that gave money to make get it made you know ridiculous that's how european films are a lot plan b was made was plan b was founded by brad pitt and jennifer aniston wow that's uh, interesting did not know that um that's yeah titan that's a movie that that rules that movie that also so gripped good. me i might have to change it and say titan was like when y'all watched it fucking really grabbed my ass yeah yeah i can't i mean i feel like you're kind of on board with that movie or you're not but if you are yeah. you're fucking you're gripped onto that steering wheel if you know what i mean you will know in the first 10 minutes of Titanic whether or not you're in or not. Yeah, for sure. But then after those 10 minutes, you better be fucking in because the shit that comes next is insane. Yeah, it, go, it dials it up by like 11. Okay, Seth, I gotta ask you about this. Because you uh-huh. are the one person I've, that I've talked to who has had a positive take on the Batman. Yes. So tell tell me a little bit about the Batman. The Batman is... Well, the thing is, he was originally uh, a Detective Comics character. Okay. Who right. um, was kind of one of the seminal characters for comic books. Who did use guns. Who did use guns, and he fucked. And yep. that was this whole thing. Um, yeah, New, ba- new Batman's an incel, right? I believe. But yeah, the, the New Batman, kind, or, I, maybe. Or we don't get, he's probably, he's, we don't get any also. kind of confirmation there. But yeah, I mean, the Batman is a, a 2021 feature film starring Robert Pattinson. And directed 2022, by right? 2022, you're right. It was going to be released in 2021 originally. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt Reeves directed. Uh, yeah, it's just about Batman. And it's, I don't know, it's a little long. I do think they could have cut out a fair chunk of this movie. Mm. Um, especially since, and this this isn't, if you've considered this a spoiler or whatever, skip 15 seconds ahead. A lot of the movie is based on spider spider-man is on batman not really understanding spanish um which is fun but or more like interpreting spanish differently than how he was supposed to um finally racist batman exactly overall i thought i mean as far as i will say i do not know how much i would have liked it at home just exclusively on streaming or something in theater some of the absolute best sound design i've heard in a very long time there was there's one car chase the one that's in the trailer for the movie blew my mind how they did the sound was like up there with like dune as like really really good sound design in that moment um but other than that yeah it's just a pretty it's just a, a pretty simple movie it's it's definitely it's got the darker batman but it's not the annoying like people who are like i want batman to fucking be dark as shit it's just he's pretty he's dark it's not annoying in any way it's not too edgelordy He's just dark enough. Matt Reeves is a very, very good director at making these PG-13 movies that um, really push the limits and don't feel like you're being talked down to. And I like that a lot. So, uh, And then also, I like when uh, Paul Dano gets work because mm-hmm. the guy is a really good actor and he's not in enough shit, in my opinion. So, yeah. 
I liked all that stuff about the movie. And overall, the story is pretty fun. And Colin Farrell gets to look like a fucking freak the whole time. So it's great. I gotta take it back, Seth. I am wrong. You are the second person I've seen that has positive take on with Batman. The other one is Hideo Kojima. Yes! Um, whose review says, Robert's own... This is Robert Pattinson. Robert's own presence and acting ability are excellent, but the director has a good way of showing it. The scene in which he pushes a heavy object indoors with his upper body naked. End of tweet. Yeah. <laughs> also, before I saw the movie... I went in with a good mindset because I saw that Ben Shapiro hated it. Mm. And while I was watching it, I was like, let me think for a second. What would Ben Shapiro not like about this movie? And so I thought, and then like the entire time I'm like, I don't really see anything that would glare to me as like, because like when Ben Shapiro goes out and says he doesn't like something, it's because he's like, oh, it's too woke. It's too, oh, you know, there's a black person in it. So it's bad. Mm. You know, it's the, things like that. I assume, yeah. Yeah. Well, she is. And at first I was like, but she's half white. So I'm like, maybe it's not that that's worse that's worse for ben um, Shapiro. but then at one point in the movie zoe kravitz does blame something on white privilege and i'm like oh okay got it got it ben shapiro didn't like it for that reason cool next that intrigues me the idea that catwoman blames white privilege for something which she's probably not wrong but i'm i am curious to find out now what it is also you should look up the interview where robert pattinson explains final fantasy 7 to zoe kravitz I because have seen he is this. a complete freak about it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, I gotta say, pretty relatable guy, all told. Yeah. Truly. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, oh shit, Seth, the guy who plays Geralt on The Witcher and Superman. Tom Holland. Nope, that's Spider-Man. <laughs> he's also British, though, I believe, because they're all goddamn British. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of his name though right now. Uh-huh. Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill, that's his name. I know he had like a working guy's name. Yeah. Henry, Henry Cavill. He should be um, in a John Carpenter movie. He, okay. Yeah, true, true. I, for a second, Seth, because my brain is so stupid, I thought you said uh, a John Carter movie. Uh, we should have him be the next John Carter incarnation to try and bring that franchise back. Well, you again. can't replace Taylor Kitsch. What are you talking about? <laughs> America's favorite I... boy, Taylor Kitsch. I like Taylor Kitsch. I, I love a bashed fan of Taylor Kitsch. Bring that man back. Put him in. Something. I honestly liked John Mars or John Carter of Mars, mm-hmm. uh, Battleship and Savages. His three attempts yeah. at becoming famous. I actually liked them all. So whatever. Yeah. Call me back. stupid. I don't care. I'm fine with it. Put him in something. That dude. That dude. He deserves work. You know. Him and bring get him and fucking uh, and Fat Damon and Rihanna back together for Battleship Two. You know why not? Let's do this. I forgot Fat Damon was in that one. He's in it. Yeah, he's in so many things. Now he's Fatter Damon. <laughs> well, there he wasn't really Fat Damon. He was just kind of weird Damon. He kind of looked like a, like a failed yeah. Matt Damon clone. And now he's just like. I th- do you think when that guy when he found out he was not going to be in Star Wars, he just like let himself go? He didn't care anymore. He just let himself go and stumbled into a marriage with Kirsten Dunst. Okay, listen, we're going to talk about all the things that happened to him, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, so yeah, best know. thing that happened to his career was not getting in Star Wars. That's true, he's actually. Been yeah. in a, he's actually been in a bunch of good shit since then that Star Wars probably would have derailed. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he probably dodged the bullet. Man, whatever happened with John Boyega? I heard, I heard he was like blacklisted or whatever for talking about politics. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I guess he's been blacklisted. Daisy Ridley, not in stuff either, as far as I can tell. Oscar Isaac gets work. Yeah, Oscar, because he's one of our finest actors. 
Right. He can be the, the Hollywood leading man. There He's we go. He's got that kind of energy. Not these other I will guys say this. Say I, I know it's MCU trash, but he is in Moon Knight opposite Ethan Hawke. And I got to say, I just want to see it happen. I'm that sorry. That does, like, just those two actors alone makes me be like, I'll probably put up with almost any bullshit you throw at me because those guys are great. Yeah. Who doesn't love Ethan Hawke? You know, dude is just. And who doesn't love the accent that Oscar Isaac is doing? Oh my God. Don't talk about the accent. <laughs> Although, really, if you ask me, if you ask me, Seth, the British have it coming. All right, anybody can do a British accent. It's it's, it's totally fine. They they okay, deserve it one. for all these years. Do Top one. of the morning to you. Okay, now do Nigerian. Hello, Hello governor. They don't have it coming. They they have not done anything <laughs> okay. wrong. Okay. I was hoping I can trick you. Nope. Saying it right now. Also, I don't know what Nigerians sound like. I That's don't know if true. They have I don't have I can... any idea. <laughs> I mean, they have no accent. <laughs> <laughs> They're the people who have no accent. I guess I could do a generic like African accent, but I it would sound it would not be okay, and it would probably sound more like Charlton Copley in District Nine because that's my that's my reference point. He's a weird South African guy. Remember he said remember he said Fukin 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 God man people four people are so weird. Yeah, yeah, they're the weird ones. Like in Canada, they say roof instead of roof. Yeah, a boot. A boot, Story. yeah. Tomorrow. It's like I watched that show on HBO, Euphoria, and yeah. there's the character in the show, Jules, who mm-hmm. I th- I don't I don't know. I don't know. But when I saw her, I was like, she looks weird and European. Probably Swedish, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. She looks like those fucking twins from the Matrix Resurrections. Or not Resurrections, Revolutions. I think that's... She's she's European. She probably actually isn't. But that was my first my first instinct was this person mm-hmm. is foreign because they trick you. She was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Fuck. Well, after the guy from the after the main character of The Walking Dead was British, I can't trust anyone anymore. Yeah, I get you. Or actually, after finding out that Idris Elba is British is the real. That's when you really fucking can't believe anything anymore. Anybody, you know. Yeah, that's that's true. After you see Stringer Bell for that long, and you're like, this guy? It's ridiculous. I was watching, I watched The Wire, and I saw a trailer for some kind of show called Luther, and I was like, wait, that's Actress Elba. Why is he doing a British accent? <laughs> is this okay? Is this allowed? <laughs> it turns out. That's his voice. All right, man. We need to wrap it up. Let's do it. All right, well... This has been a weird episode of Millennials. Uh, a little bit. I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. Uh, I'm Seth. You can find me on... You can find the things that I write on indistinct-chatter.io. Uh, our art is done by Marcus Barkley. Our theme song is done by Ben Powell, who has been on the show before. He was recently on our Elden Ring episode. And he's actually streaming Elden Ring right now if you're listening on the live feed. And he's Is he doing any better than last time? Huh? Is he doing any better than last time? Right now he's just running around Castle Morn, so okay. I hope so. Um, um, let's see here. You, it has a podcast too, right, I believe? Yeah, called Southern Smackdown. Talk about wrestling and from the South. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make me get under it. Uh, fuck the 
world falling apart. <laughs> it, following up with that, we have stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans or New York, that's the Leaning Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.